Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. family ever since the 510 texted in that the yes sirs haven't been long enough that they've only been decent i've been doing them a little later in the intro than i normally do i'm taking like six deep breaths as if i'm a gymnast going on to do whatever gymnasts do in the olympics i can't think of the can't think of any specific events but I'm sitting here getting ready for the yes sir, like that's the most important part of the show. No, the most important part of the show is the content that we got to talk about. And I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors this morning as they fall to the Orlando Magic last night. They've lost their last two games officially without Stephen Curry, that heartbreaker on Sunday night to the San Antonio Spurs. And then last night to the Orlando Magic when... Both games, I don't want to say they were decided by these calls, but fouls were certainly in play here. Franz Wagner with the screen, Anthony with the dribble, Anthony crossover, shoveled over to Franz Wagner with one on the shot clock, takes a desperation shot, no good, and a foul! Tony Brothers has called a foul and another end-of-game type of situation where a referee calls a late foul on the Warriors. Clay Thompson can't believe it. And it's going to be three free throws. Of course it is. He was way outside. Uh, this is unreal. So Steve Kerr would go on to challenge the call. The, ch- the call would be confirmed. It was a foul on Clay Thompson, and he knew it after the replay. Franz Wagner going up for the three. The Warriors playing some good defense on that possession. There was a it was a very forced shot and Clay you know he was closing out on the guy and just couldn't get out of the way. His momentum carried him one way and it just didn't happen, but it wasn't just that play by Clay that 
forced the Warriors to lose the game. And, and by the way, the, the fact that Franz Wagner made all, for all three of those free throws, knocked down all of them, can show you just how important free throws are in the late stretch of a game. I mean, if he doesn't knock down those free throws... It's still a one-possession game, and the Warriors would still have a chance to go on and possibly tie it and bring this one to overtime. But he knocked down all three, put the game out of reach. It was a two-possession game after that. But that's not the reason as to why they lost. The reason as to why they lost was simply this. Not scoring enough in the first half. And then poor execution in the fourth quarter. That's why they lost in that game. And really, the Clay Thompson foul on the three-point shot was the headliner. You know, if you had a if you made this game and you made it as if it's a festival lineup, Clay's three would be right up there. It would be like in the second uh, the second line of performers. On the festival lineup, the reasons as to why the Warriors lost. But the three main headliners, the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday, was you should have scored more in the first half, poor execution, and then just not scoring in the fourth quarter. Like, that was the issue there. The Warriors just did not look good once they built up that huge lead. They were up by as much as 14 points in the fourth quarter. And Jordan Poole was going off. This is the 10th straight game where Jordan Poole has scored 20 or more points, but he was the only one doing anything. He had 26 points on 9 of 23 shooting. He scored five threes, uh, knocked down all three of his free throws, had six assists in this game. So Jordan Poole continues to show out, but he did have a miss late in the game, which could have changed the trajectory of the entire thing. But... It's just not getting it done. And to do it against a team like the Orlando Magic, who were going into that game yesterday with only 19 wins on the season. They they only had nine wins at home. Nine of their 19 wins were at home. I, I just think that with this Warriors team, it's hard to evaluate how they're going to go for the rest of the year. Uh, Right now in the standings, they're currently third. That two seed was calling for it all the way up until Steph's injury. I I was very vehement about it. Very adamant. Hey, the Warriors are going to go for the two-seed here. They're going to try and jump the Memphis Grizzlies. They're only a half game back. It's going to be a Giants-Dodgers-like battle down the stretch here where they're going back and forth, back and forth, and this could come down to the last game of the season. Well, with 10 games left and Steph not looking like he's going to come back before the playoffs, I think the two-seed is out of the question The reason I wanted the two-seed, because I wanted as much home court advantage as possible, because the Warriors at Chase Center have proven that they are a far better team than they are on the road. And it's not going to get any easier. They got a back-to-back. They had last night against the Magic, and tonight they're going up against the Heat. So they're staying in Florida. But two games separate them and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are currently 49-23. The Warriors are 47-25. 
And the Jazz are 45-27. and 27. So two games separate the two-seed and the four-seed from the Warriors, who are smack-dab in the middle right there. Now, if you do stick in the three-seed and the standings remain the same... The Nuggets, they ended up getting a big win over the Clippers last night. They beat them by 12. Uh, But you'd be getting the Warriors and the Nuggets matchup. And I was worried about it. I was worried about it because Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were going to be back. But then Coach Mike Malone had some comments recently saying that Jamal Murray isn't close to being 100%. So I'm feeling a little bit better about that matchup. If the playoffs were to start today, Warriors versus Nuggets, I'd feel a little bit better about that. But last night was just an ugly game. Last night was just a very ugly game. Now, Steve Kerr, he's not pulling any punches when it comes to talking about this team. Listen to Steve Kerr after the game. I thought we were scattered in the fourth quarter a little bit. You know, we had 18 turnovers for the game. We uh, There were possessions that were, you know, not great spacing, not great flow, uh, ended up in a, either a late shot, you know, late in the shot clock or a turnover. Uh, we did have some... You know, some looks that we missed, but I didn't, it didn't feel like a, a rhythm game for us offensively. I thought we were a little, a lot of whack. And then he continued. Just a really disappointing fourth quarter, you know, to, to only score 16 points. Uh, we did not execute well at all in that fourth. And I uh, give them credit. They were, they were hyped. They've had a long, difficult year. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they got after us in the fourth, did a great job defensively. And, you know, they, they earned the win and they earned the right to feel good about that game tonight. And, uh, you know, but we've, we've got to do better. We've got to execute better. The Warriors only scored 38 points in the first half. It was 47 or excuse me 46 to 38 going into the second half. Then the Warriors have a crazy third quarter. They outscore them 36 to 19. That's when Jordan Poole started to show out. He he led the team in the third quarter uh, with his 12 points, knocking down three huge three-pointers. Clay, that's when Clay was at his best. He didn't have a great game yesterday and Clay's only been shooting 40% uh, ever since he's come back and it hasn't looked very good. But 2 of 7 from the three-point line overall, he had 15 points on 15 shots. Wiggins was terrible in this game. He was terrible. Like, do we even consider this a struggle, a slump? What do we even call this now for Andrew Wiggins? Because it just hasn't been the same ever since his All-Star break. Were we just... I, were we just fooled? I don't know. Because the first half of the season, I mean, he's knocking down free throws, his catch-and-shoot numbers. I did a whole show, not a whole show, but I did, what, maybe a segment, 10 minutes, just reading off the shooting stats for Andrew Wiggins, the catch-and-shoot stats, how they hadn't been the same with any team in his career, only with the Minnesota Timberwolves. But then when we got with the Warriors, it started to get better. And then he increased his percentage by like four points. Four percentage points is a hell of a lot to increase your catch-and-shoot numbers by. But those numbers have completely fallen by the wayside. I don't know what's going on with Andrew Wiggins. And Steve Kerr talked about him after the game. Well, I liked his aggression uh, to start the game. You know, He attacked the rim three or four times. We need We need more and more of that. And uh, he's just got to trust that uh, the more he does that, um, the more chance he has to, to score and draw fouls and get into a rhythm at the foul line. And so he's just got to uh, he's got to be aggressive. And 
I thought there were times tonight when he was, which was a good sign. And I think um, he made a huge shot down down the stretch. Um, but uh, then we gave up the corner three at the other end. But um, you know, I have I have faith in Wiggs. I think he's going to uh, get this thing turned around and uh, and have a strong final ten games. I really do. Now, since the All Star break, he is shooting thirty percent from the three point line on five point six attempts per game. That's not good. 38% overall. And then his free throw percentage, we're already talking about his free throw percentage, it's at 45%. So the numbers are all the way down. Now, don't get me wrong, he's got it done on the defensive end. He hasn't lost anything there. But the offensive struggles, is this just a player that he is offensively? Defensively, he's made a leap. Like, don't don't get me wrong with that. His on-ball defense is fantastic, and he can go one-on-one with anybody. I truly believe that. His lateral movement, everything. Um, and maybe it was just missing out on those two games prior to that game in San Antonio because he missed it due to general illness, I believe is what it was. Uh, but he missed out on both the games against Washington and Boston, and he just hasn't looked good in the last two. Just hasn't looked good in the last two. So I really don't know what the answer is with him. I'd like to say that he should just keep on getting up shots. but And he did have that corner three late in the game to put the Warriors up by two. So he did have a clutch moment. And he has made some clutch free throws as of late. But throughout the game, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't relieve him of any of the issues that have been scattered throughout the game. And just his his body language right there. Now the body language of the Warriors just didn't look good. Uh, a lot, uh, a lot of the players didn't look good in terms of body language last or yesterday. But Andrew Wiggins, he just looks dejected, man. He he just looks dejected. So I don't know what to make of what's going on with him. Uh, we're getting for the 415 here. Poole was 9 of 23. That's not good. He just wants to shoot. He needs to get Thompson going. Feed him the ball so he can get in rhythm. I keep saying it. Poole only cares about himself. So you're saying you want Clay Thompson to shoot more than Jordan Poole, even though Clay Thompson clearly isn't the same shooting the basketball when Jordan Poole has only progressed game after game after game? All right. <laughs> All right. From the 707, you have to give correct credit where credit is due. It's the 707, Stephen, not the 510. Probably a lot of people out here thinking the yes, sir, was starting to become some subpar. I let you know about it. You listen. Bing, bang, boo. Show saved. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite texts that I've ever received. But not only did Steve Kerr uh, just seem very unhappy at the podium, not not thrilled with the way that the Warriors are playing right now, but it's also Draymond Green. And we'll get to his comments as well as how he performed in yesterday's game because I haven't even mentioned his name yet. We'll get to those next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Franz Wagner. 
Wagner with a screen. Anthony with the dribble. Anthony crossover. Shoveled over to Franz Wagner with one on the shot clock. Takes a desperation shot. No good. They and call- a foul. Tony Brothers has called a foul. And another end of game type of situation where a referee calls a late foul on the Warriors. Clay Thompson can't believe it. And it's going to be three free throws. Of course it is. He was way outside. Uh, this is unreal. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. And that was the play that led to Franz Wagner going on to score all three of the free throws that he had to make. And the Magic would come away with the win when it was 90 to 89 just unbelievable it was 90 to 88 excuse me then he makes all three of his free throws then he makes it 92 to 88 jordan pool goes in for the dunk and then franz wagner just Loses Clay Thompson, cuts to the basket, makes it 94 to 90, and the game is over. But Franz Wagner making all those free throws put the game out of reach. He put the magic up by four, and the Warriors couldn't come back from that as it's the second heartbreaking loss in a row. And when I say heartbreaking, not only did it come close because the Magic were leading for a lot of that game. It was just a very ugly first half for the Warriors, and then they end up outscoring the Magic by 15 in the third quarter, going up by a large margin in the fourth, continuing it, and then with 10 minutes left, just poor execution, turning the ball over, setting illegal screens that would lead to turnovers, Plus, you would have knocked down any shots, and then the Magic would go on to knock down some of their own. Uh, That last three by Mo Bamba was not a dagger, but, I mean, that one, that just, any, any breath you had, it was just gone. All the air was gone out of wherever you were watching the game at home. Um, That Mo Bamba three where Draymond tried to pickpocket Cole Anthony and just leave him open in the corner instead of just staying on his man and leaving Mo Bamba wide open. Um, that was the one to me where I was just like, damn. That's the one that put the Magic up 89-88. to 88. That was tough. But overall, the game was tough. And it wasn't great with how they executed. I keep on using that word because that's how Steve Kerr and Draymond Green talked about the game. Now, before we get to Draymond Green's comments, because I do have some thoughts on him, uh, but Anthony on Highway 80 wants to weigh in on the Warriors. What's going on, Anthony? Oh, uh, I, I, I wanted to clarify that text Call back, Anthony. Your connection is off. It's not, you couldn't hear anything. It was breaking up. But I could hear a couple of words. That's why I kept it going for a little bit. I was going to cut it off right away, Anthony, but please call back. Uh, But to your point with Jordan Poole, 
I mean, what do you want him to do? He had six assists in the game. I know he had 26 points on 23 shots, which may not be as efficient as you'd want it to be. And 5 of 13 shooting, but hell, that's what you'd see Steph pull on an off night. And you need someone to take, not not to take Steph's place, but when Steph's not in, you need someone who's going to score you the basketball. You don't really have that guy right now. Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson, you can try and get them going, but they're still struggling offensively. You know, Clay's still trying to get back into rhythm. Andrew Wiggins, I don't know what's happened with him. Shooting 30% from beyond the arc after the All-Star break. You needed to get some scoring from somewhere. I mean, if Jordan Poole didn't try to take over, then you wouldn't have been in this game, in my opinion. Like, that's where I'm at. I know we want to focus so much on the guy who shoots the most and all the ball hogs, whatever, but at some point you need someone who's going to take over. And someone who who can score at will. And Jordan Poole is that guy right now. He doesn't need any shots to be created for him. He can create them for himself. And he can create them for others. Bob Myers was on the morning roast a couple of weeks ago. And said that the only two guys that can do both of those are Steph and Jordan Poole. And now you only have one. You don't have much scoring coming off the bench. Um, I love Jonathan Kaminga. You know, he was 6 of 8 yesterday, 14 points, and he's starting to really understand the role of backdoor cuts. And he's gotten better and better with it as we've moved forward. There are a couple of nice ones with Draymond there and Jonathan Kaminga. But unfortunately, what Steph did in his career, making the three-point shot more normal in the game, turning... A three-pointer into what is essentially a layup for him because he's taking more free three-pointers than some guys are actually taking shots. But he has made those dunks less valuable because of the three-pointers that he's been taking. And that's what's revolutionized the game here. So if you don't have any three-point shooters on the floor, then you're left with just a bunch of guys who can cut to the basket, which is great. It's great getting those open looks, but you also need to knock down some threes too. And they don't really have that guy. You got Clay Thompson. Of course you got Clay Thompson. I know it's Clay Thompson. But he's not shooting well from three right now. He's just not. So I understand why Jordan Bull was doing what he was doing yesterday. It's just it's it's really hard to evaluate these types of games, but when Steph isn't on the court and you need some scoring from somewhere, you need someone to take some shots. All right, I think Anthony Ianetti has called back. Anthony, please continue with your point, man. All right, so let's. Uh, so I still, so I really do agree, and I hear exactly what you're saying. I still think it's important to try to get other other uh, players involved, right? Because, like you For said, sure. the, three, the, the two pointer is invaluable to a certain degree when you think about the concept. Yeah, not it's not it's not it's not like it's it's not like you know Kaminga doesn't have any skill set that's going to get him going. I mean, it's just less valuable than it was prior to you know the revolutionizing uh, part of the game. That's all I'm saying, Anthony. Right, but but when but when we miss threes and we're not we miss threes and the other guys come down and make twos or threes then we don't get anything. And I know a two will keep us in the game a little longer than not making anything. But it does seem like, you know, we're just not playing quality ball at all. Just top to bottom, we're not doing it. Right. The ball isn't hopping around. Um, the defense really isn't there. 
you know, it's just it's just not Warrior Ball, and I really don't think that what we're doing now is gonna. We're not gonna win a championship. I think I've come to terms with that. I just don't see it happening. Too many things have to go right, and too many things are going wrong right now. You know, trying to get Clay acclimated. Wiggs is completely checked out. People say it's partly because of Clay, but at some point, it's personal responsibility, and you do have to, you know, you got to be a professional at some point, right? Exactly, and that's exactly what I feel about him. Like the free throws, they're free for a reason, and if you are a, you know, a quality scorer in the game, you should be able to make those. Um, So I don't really give Wiggins too much of an excuse anymore. Jordan Poole is honestly our only bright spot outside of Kaminga, but. Overall, the team is just not playing good basketball. So, you know, these other teams, man, and then on top of that, if they take away our best scorer, which is Jordan Poole, what else do we have? And they was doing that with Steph already. So I think as Warrior fans, we just got to sit back and be realistic, man. You know, we, we it's just we're asking for way too much that go right at this time of the season, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I appreciate the phone call, Anthony. You know what? We're going to wait till the next segment to get to Draymond Green because, uh, thank, shout out to Anthony, man. If you keep the conversation going and prolonging it here, but I do want to get to that to the next segment because I, I really do want to get to the sound that he has, uh, from the post game or from the 510. This is Derek in Union City. I see one of two outcomes for this squad. Number one, Steph comes back. They find themselves. It comes together really fast in the playoffs and they go on a deep run or two. An unceremonious crash and burn in a painful first round exit. I really do not see anything in between. So no second round exit for you, huh? <laughs> it's, it's just either an unceremonious crash and burn and a painful first round exit, or they get to the Western Conference Championship and they make it go seven games. I mean, is that what a is that what you'd consider a deep run, Derek, my man? I'm 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 just curious. I'm just curious because I mean that's you know, got a couple of options there. Uh, but I haven't even mentioned this name, Otto Porter Jr. Man, when whenever he has the energy and he's on, like Otto Porter Jr., he made a couple of mistakes yesterday. But one thing I've been very impressed with in a set amount of games is his rebounding. When they need rebounding, Otto Porter can go off. Now, we've seen him go on a little flurry in the fourth quarter and, and be the guy. But rebounding the basketball... That dude's good at it. <laughs> he had 14 points and 15 rebounds yesterday, five of which were offensive, which was huge for the team. But you really weren't getting it uh, anywhere else. And they do have a back-to-back tonight against the Heat, and then their next game is against Atlanta, who just had a big win over the Knicks. Um, it doesn't get much easier for these next 10 games because I believe they got five games in the next seven days, which just is 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 tough for this Warriors team. One that you know, it, it just they, they're not tired, but they got a lot to figure out uh, in these next ten games here without Steph if they want to contend at least for the for for the for the fourth seed, so that they could have some version of a home court advantage in these playoffs. But again, two games separate. The Grizzlies, who are in the two seed, and the Jazz, who are in the four seed. The Warriors are smack dab right there in the middle at the three seed. If they can maintain that through these next ten games, then personally, I'd consider this home stretch a success because it has a real opportunity here. They have the opportunity here to free throw, free free fall in the standings 
if things don't go right these next 10 games. And one thing that does worry me going into the playoffs is you really haven't had Steph and Dre and Clay on the floor for an extended period of time. I'd like to think it'd be like riding a bike, you know, and just, yeah, they're going to be right back in it. And they were. They, they were the first time that they played on the court together. I just hope that it can happen in the playoffs as well, because if it does, with those three on the court, and you can get the lineup with Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole, I really do They can, think they can beat anybody. I do. Now it's just a question of how quickly they adjust when Steph does get back, because the way Steve Kerr talked about last night's game, the way that Draymond Green talked about last night last night's game, it seems they've got a lot to figure out. Now, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the Comcast business text line or the phone number. What are your playoff aspirations here for the Warriors this year? Are you like Anthony on Highway 80? You're just done even thinking about the championship. You just want this Warriors team to go on a deep playoff run because that's what they deserve. How are you feeling right now for the Warriors in their playoff hopes as we got 10 games left in the season? Do you think it'll just all be fixed by the time that Steph comes back? Or are there some bigger issues? Because Draymond said last night that if Steph was on the court... Well, there still needs to be some th- some things that are cleaned up. I'll get to the, that sound next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. The Comcast Business Text Line is 888-957-9570. That's also the phone number. And unfortunately, someone just called in as we were going into the segment, so I couldn't take your call at the break, but I will take it live on the air in just a second. But just to go through some of these texts here, as prior to the break, I asked you, as a Warrior fan, how are you feeling about the playoffs? Are you just not even thinking about the regular season anymore as there are 10 games left? Steph not looking like he's going to be back before the playoffs. He could be. He could very well be. I mean, I'm, I'm only speculating there. But once he's re-eva- so once he's reevaluated, we'll see. But 
Are you even paying attention to the regular season anymore? Is it just straight to the playoffs? Because whatever team they got here, whatever team they're rolling out, whatever lineups they're going with, a lot of that is going to change when Steph comes back. So I want to know from you at the Comcast Business Text Line at 888-957-9570. But before I do get to those texts that came in during the break, did anyone see this video of Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson, who has been going through the season rehabbing his ankle. He had a fractured right ankle. He had surgery on it, um, and he's been out the entire season. And then it was reported a couple of weeks ago that his season is over, like we didn't already know that. But Zion Williamson on Instagram posted a a video, an Instagram story of himself dunking again. So when I saw, oh, Zion Williamson posts a dunk video during ongoing rehab for the foot, that was the headline, I thought, oh, okay, I'm just going to see Zion go in for a for a two-hand slam. Oh my god, Zion is dunking again! No, it's not just that. He posts a video of him going off the backboard. Now, we, as we know, he's a lefty. Off the backboard, catches it with his right hand, goes between his legs to his left hand, and goes in for the for the dunk, for the slam. <laughs> like when I'm seeing a video like this, we always get on these players because when whenever a player is maybe overweight, doesn't look like they are chiseled out of granite, we like to call them out in sports radio. Because it's you're thinking, oh well, if I if I was an athlete, if I was a superstar, and I had all the resources that they had in order to be in shape, I would never let myself let go like that. And then you know, people call him fat. Literally, that's the word that they're calling him. And then you see this video, and it's just a quick reminder that this dude, regardless of the weight gain, which is clear. He is still more naturally athletic as 98% of human beings. (laughs) Like, like how many guys at that height and weight can do an off-the-backboard, between-the-legs dunk while going through rehab on his foot? Now, you may say, well, that's stupid. Why would you go for a dunk when you're doing rehab on your foot? Well, clearly he seems okay that he's good enough to do that. Man, I'm just, I was just like, wow. That video, I think that changed the minds of some people who said, oh, Zion's career is over. Let me tell you this right now. That dunk video, I'm, I'm just telling you. His career, unless, of course, it's hampered by injury, but his career is certainly not over just yet. He's still very young, was putting up Shaq-like numbers when he was on the court. I think people were underestimating him throughout the season just because we haven't heard from him much. Man, that dunk video. I highly recommend you check that out. But let's get back to the Warriors here at 888-957-9570. With the regular season, with 10 games left, knowing that you don't have Steph on the court, are you just in get-me-to-the-playoffs mode? Because... We here at 95.7 The Game, and this is our job, and as diehard basketball fans, we like to go through game by game. 
right? We like to analyze it. We maybe like to talk about the bigger picture that's stemming from these games. But from the last two with the Spurs and the Magic, you're going to look at these last two games and think, well, this team definitely can't win a finals. And of course not. Of course not. Not with the way that they were playing against these last two. Now, they got the game against the Heat tonight. The Heat, obviously one of, if not the best team in the Western Conference. Now, standings-wise, they're the best team in the, or excuse me, in the Eastern Conference. Now, standings-wise, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're two games up of Milwaukee right now. They're leading the East with a 47-25 and record. Funnily enough, that's the exact same record as the Warriors have right now as the three seed in the Western Conference. Um, but the Miami Heat are coming off a loss to the 76ers where the Sixers were without Joel Embiid. They're without Joel Embiid. So your starting lineup, let me pull it up here, the starting five for the Sixers in that last game when they beat the Heat 113-106 to in Philadelphia, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybul, Gorgie Nang, Tobias Harris, and Paul Millsap. That's the starting five right there. And then their bench, I mean, they had Danny Green, who had 18 minutes, DeAndre Jordan, who had 25, Shake Milton and Furkan uh, Korkmaz, who had 31 and 27 minutes, respectively. I actually really like them coming off the bench. They're good bench players. Um, but if you're talking about a team that doesn't have a great starting five and doesn't have depth without their two stars... The 76ers do have Moss and Milton, but they're not blowing anybody out the water here. This Heat team can be beat. So we look at these last two games and think there's no chance that they could beat the Heat, and we don't know what's going to happen with uh, with Kerr and playing guys. I mean, Clay hasn't played in a back-to-back for the entire year. Draymond Green, do you really want to play him on a back-to-back after just coming back from injury? The only guy I know for a fact is going to play is Kevon Looney because Looney is the guy who wants to play all 82 games in the regular season. But we just make so many evaluations based on these two games. Like, I'm going to talk about the games every single day after they happen. But I'm also in just get me to the playoffs because this team is just going to be completely different when Steph is there. I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. A lot of people think, you know, we're going to lose in the first round. That's what this is aiming toward. But me personally, I don't want to say that just yet because I think it's too soon to say that. I don't know what this team's going to look like when Steph comes back. They haven't looked good without him. That's for sure. And specifically Draymond Green. Let's listen to Draymond Green here. This is what he had to say after the Warriors lost to the Magic. I think we're playing soft. Um, we're playing stupid. We're just not playing good basketball. And we're getting pumped. So it's hard to win a game getting pumped. And then he continued. We get to these games and we're losing a lot of fourth quarters. Like, not really losing the whole game. We're losing a lot of fourth quarters. And that's execution, but... In order to execute, it requires a certain level of physicality, and we're not meeting that. No disrespect to Orlando Magic, but that's one of the worst teams in the league. We can't match that with them. So if you can't match that with them, you're definitely not going to do it against a great team. And so I wouldn't necessarily say it's concern, but that's what's happening. I don't doubt that we can fix it, but if we're going to win some games, they got to be fixed. That's the most Draymond Green thing ever, isn't it? No offense, 
No offense, but the Magic suck. And <laughs> we should be getting punked by the Magic who suck. No offense, though. No offense. Not saying anything. Nope, nope, nope. No offense. But you're one of the worst teams in the league, Orlando. We shouldn't be getting punked by you. That is the most Draymond thing ever. Um, he is right, but he also didn't take the accountability directly toward the media. Now, he also talked about Curry's injury, and I want to get to that in a second. But just for some clarity, you know, he was talking about poor execution in this game, and he did mention his last play on Mo Bamba where he was guarding Mo Bamba and he decided that he was going to go and try and go for the steal on Cole Anthony who was driving to the rim who kicked it out to Mo Bamba who was left open in the corner because Draymond had sagged off his man had made the mistake got a little too got got a little too uh he, he tried a little too hard to try and get that steal and instead left Mo Bamba open for the three now you can you can leave Mo Bamba open for the three in most cases, but in this sort of game, it seemed like the momentum was going way in the Magic's favor in the fourth quarter as they started losing out there. Um, and then he knocked down that three to give them the lead, and then subsequently we know what happens after that with Clay Thompson in the foul on the Franz Wagner three-pointer, um, which he'll correct. I mean, it's it's Clay Thompson after all. Uh, but I do want to get to these numbers because Draymond did talk about their struggles in the fourth quarter. Now, we went through Andrew Wiggins' numbers post-All-Star break. They're not good. Shooting 30% from the three-point line, 40% from the field, and then 44% from the free-throw line. Those aren't good. But in the fourth quarter, as a team, the Warriors, yikes, they're shooting 28% from the three-point line. 42% from the field. And in total, they are a minus 74 in the fourth quarter post-All-Star break. Minus 74. To put that into context, that's 29th in the league. The Blazers are the only team that's worse than that in the fourth quarter post-All-Star break. Then you're up there with the Kings, the Pistons... The Nets and the Jazz are there, too. The Nets are a minus 35, and the Jazz are a minus 28. But still, the discrepancy there, it's far. The only other team that you're close to there in that category are the Blazers. That's not good. That's not good. But also, Draymond only had three shot attempts in this game yesterday. Three shot attempts. So if we're talking about you know, play it soft. I hope when he says we're, he's also talking about how he's just not going up for the wide-open layup, which he ended up missing uh, in the game. He just didn't go for it. But only going for three attempts. I don't know if that comes with the injury or whatever it is, but you needed Draymond to be more aggressive in last night's game. Now, you left it up to... Clay and Wiggins and Jordan Poole, who are you going to be your three guys who you can get scoring the basketball? Sure, but you need Draymond to be getting to the rack more. You need more than three shot attempts in this in in in, in these games, especially without Steph. And I'm sure he'll clean it up. Now he gave the post game speech to the to the group afterwards, and he essentially said the same thing as he said in the press conference, talking about they need to play be more physical. They're playing soft. That they got punked in that game. 
But he also said this about Curry's injury and Curry not being on the court. I thought this was interesting. No, that's, that has zero to do with Steph Harper. Steph's not bringing the level of physicality to the game, nor should he. That's not his job. Now, obviously, Steph not being out there, it affects you. It affects the mentality as a whole. But I don't care who's out there. You go to the park and be outmatched and, you know, a team have more size or whatever. You don't get pumped. I went to the park a lot of days against the old heads and was way smaller. But you can't get pumped. And that's what we do. So we can sit, you know, Steph's out. We can sit me. We can sit Wig. We can sit Clay. We you can say anybody, Jordan. You still shouldn't get pumped. And that's that's what's been happening to us. All right, let's go to the phone lines here at the Comcast uh, at the at well we have the Comcast business text line at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. The phone number is the same as well. Uh, but let's go to the phones here. What's your name? Where are you calling from? You know how I do it. I gotta take your calls live on the air. So what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Steven, this is the coach from Vallejo. The coach from Vallejo? What's going on, coach? Hey, I'm good, Steven. Hey, hey, Steven, what I want to talk about, I have like four points, but I'm only going to mention two because I'm enjoying the show. You're doing a great job as usual. I appreciate you, man. Number one, uh, number one, uh, can we all admit that Bob Myers pushed all his poker chips in the middle of the table banking on James Wiseman coming back? He did not cover himself at all with a big man. And uh, I think that is that was the start. Even at the beginning of the season, that was the start that put the Warriors in trouble. And it seemed like every center, every team we play, I'm like, I wish I had Mo Bamba. I wish I had Jacob Porto. I wish I had, you know, their center. And some teams, you said DeAndre Jordan played 25 minutes the other night for Philadelphia. I mean, let him stand in the middle of the Warriors team and play 25 minutes. So I think we should admit that the Warriors did not cover themselves with another big man other than James Wiseman and Poor Looney's getting beat up. Now, my second point, Stephen, and I, uh, is that the Warriors losing and, and looking very badly is directly connected with forcing Clay Thompson back into the lineup. You know, and uh, I think if you look at the numbers, when, from the time Clay was forced back into the lineup, Stephen, I mean, the Warriors have not even looked close to the same team. Uh, I'll take your, your answers on the air. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate you, Coach. Thanks so much, man. Well, the first point to um, to Bob Myers putting all his chips in on James Wiseman coming back and he being that extra big body, I think Bob Myers was in a very tough spot. A very tough spot. Because that trade deadline, and I still go back to it, I think it was a very important trade deadline for the Warriors, even though they were inactive. You had the opportunity. You had three guys. You had Bielitsa, you had JTA, and Damian Lee. Now, you could have traded those three guys to these other teams, not for players, but for cash considerations, taking those numbers off the books, taking their contracts off the books, then possibly gotten someone in the buyout market. That's what happened the year previous with Marquise Chris, who was, of course, injured at the time, so they traded him for cash considerations, and the one and only Brad Wanamaker. What a time. But he was traded for cash considerations as well. Now, you could have gotten someone, and I'm I'm with you that I do think that, I, I did think at the time, that they had made a mistake not going after somebody there in the buyout market. 
with while also trading their players and getting some of these roster spots, uh, getting some of these roster spots open, and 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 at least one of those guys, Bielitsa, JTA, or Damian Lee. Like, I think, I, I think all three of those guys are really good dudes. They're they're very likable. Not so much on the court, but they're very likable guys. You know, and and JTA plays so hard and so tough. Every time he puts in that effort, I always go back to that game against Boston a couple of years ago where he's diving over the scorer's table, which was just, that was a magical time. Was that a couple of years ago or last year? I don't know. I'm losing my sense of time during this, uh, during the pandemic. I don't, I don't know which it was. So we did wear masks at this, at this place that I was watching the game. So yes, it was a time during the pandemic, but you could have traded those guys possibly taking their contracts off the books and gotten someone else in the buyout market to give you some more minutes. Now, I don't know, with the hypothetical playing out, what they would have done in order to help this team win these games like that one. Like, say, if you would have gotten DeAndre Jordan, for example. I mentioned that 76ers in that Heat game, the previous Heat game, where the Heat lost to the Sixers, even though the Sixers were without Embiid and Harden. Now, I didn't watch the entire game. I only caught the highlights of it. But I don't know the impact that DeAndre Jordan made. If you just look at the box score, 25 minutes, 1 of 4 shooting. He only had 2 points. But he also had 8 rebounds, 4 of which were offensive. I mean, if that's all you would have gotten, then I don't know if you're winning some games like that. So... I don't know. I think Bob Myers was in a really tough spot. James Wiseman's injury, he kept trying to tell us, and I do believe him, as well as Dr. Narav Pandya, when they say the meniscus tear, the type of injury that James Wiseman had, it's unpredictable in its recovery. Some of these other ones, you can you can tell when they're going to come back. Like Draymond's, the herniated disc... You never know. Ben Simmons has the same thing. They have no clue when Ben Simmons is going to be back on the court. And you don't have any clue. You didn't have any clue with Draymond Green. Not sure what's going on with Andre Iguodala's uh, injury either. But with James Wiseman's, I saw him play in those Santa Cruz games. And he looked spry. He looked ready. He was running the floor. He was blocking shots. He was being physical, trying to get rebounds, all of those things. I know he was making some mistakes, but he looked ready to be back in the NBA. And then he has another setback. So it's tough to say at the time what Bob Myers was going through as far as the decision there, because I do think that it was on the table trading some of these players. Like they, I mean, like I said, they've done it before. So it was a tough spot, in my opinion, coach, a tough spot. And with Clay Thompson being back, I don't know if I attribute it to Clay Thompson being back in the lineup so much as, well, ever since Clay Thompson's been back, you haven't had the stability of Steph, Dre, and Clay being on the court all at the same time. You, that, that's really what I'm looking at. You know, it's like by the time you get Draymond back, all right, sweet. We got Steph, Clay, and Dre. We can throw the, the what, what was it, the pick your poison lineup as they're calling it? The pick, the pick your poison with Clay, Poole, and Steph. Oh, this is great. Then Steph ends up getting hurt. So I don't know if I attribute it specifically to Clay's. It did. You know, I, I don't know what's happening with Wiggins. Uh, Anthony on Highway 80 brought that up earlier. I don't know if uh, if that affected Wiggins. I mean, we were talking so much about how Jordan Poole is going to be impacted by Clay's return. We didn't speak so much on Wiggins' part. I don't know if it's uh, impacted Wiggins uh, mentally or what. 
just knowing that you got a guy in Clay Thompson who's really the number two guy you're going to as a scorer, who's also the two-way player. I wouldn't think so. I, I, I don't know if there's correlation there. I mean, you can talk about the stats all you want. I mean, of course, they haven't really looked good uh, since Clay's come back, but they've also had players who have just been hurt. And not to mention Andre Iguodala, too. Um, I would love Iggy to come back. I would, but I don't know what he's bringing. I don't know what he's giving you. He's giving you the leadership on the court. You know, he's giving you the motivation. But what he's giving you defensively, I mean, that's that's he, he might give you a, a steal or two, and he knows where to be in the right spot. I mean, he's probably not setting illegal screens like what happened yesterday to cause some turnovers in that game so the Magic could go on to score. But... There's a lot going on with this team. There's a lot going on. They got 10 games left. We're going to dissect each game, but really, I'm at the point now where it's just get me to the first round of the playoffs and let's evaluate the team from there. I just, I, I don't know how to evaluate this team when they don't have their three core players that we constantly talk about. I just don't know how. From the 209, I agree with the caller. Clay should have worked and earned his way back into the starting five. It messed with the team's build and earned chemistry that they had. I don't know. I don't know if a guy like Clay is, is breaking that chemistry. I think you're, you're, that's looking into it from a very, very deep perspective. Yeah. But anyway, I've. Man, it's been a whole hour talking about this team. That's what happens when they lose to the Orlando Magic. They're back tonight against the Miami Heat. We'll wait to see who's starting, who's not. Because since it's the second half of a back-to-back, you tend to see more guys sitting in these games. So we await to see that. But let's hope they can get a win tonight, remain in that three seed, and maintain some sort of home court advantage that they could possibly have in the first round of the playoffs. All right, the morning roast coming up next. You got Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. You got me and producer Sam Lubbin behind the glass. And the, and the guy who runs the Twitch and YouTube live stream, Ryan Mauser, is in the studio as well. He's behind the second glass. We got three sets of glasses. In this studio, is that the right way to word it? I don't know. Go sports. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.